realize your business exists to make money. And then part B of that is, okay, well, how much money? And your business has to make enough money to serve what I call your dream lifestyle. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello and welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is Steve Wilkinghoff and he is the author of Found Money, Simple Strategies for Uncovering the Hidden Profit and Cash Flow in Your Business. Go to stevewilkinghoff.com to find out more. Steve started out as an accountant before becoming entrepreneurial and so because of this he understands the numbers and financial side of a business in a way that most business owners do not. The majority of business owners, when they look at their financial statements, they don't know how to make sense of them and you know how they can translate that information into actionable changes that they need to make within their business to make it grow and understanding how their business actually makes money so that they can make more of it. Maybe you've struggled with this. I know that I have, which is why I wanted to get Steve on the show today. We're going to be discussing these topics, including why it's critical to get absolutely clear as to the reason your business exists in the first place, and also why you must clearly define goals so that your business can support your dream lifestyle. The three things a business has to do to make money for its owner, a quick, easy way to immediately increase cash flow, and also how to get out of what Steve calls a death spiral, the situation where your business is really struggling financially and heading for failure. Steve's going to share how to identify where you're going wrong so that you can fix the problem. All this and more coming up. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Joey. Thanks for having me on, and uh, and hello to everybody who's uh, who's listening in. Steve, tell us a little bit about your story and your background. I know that you're an author and a consultant. Um, tell us how you got here. Sure. It's kind of a, uh, a roundabout story, I guess. I, I'm a chartered accountant, and uh, so I had my own accounting practice for for a number of years dealing with small business owners. And I still remember when I started the practice, I wanted to be you know, the accountant that actually helped business owners understand their financial statements. So I would sit down with them and I'd go through with them and say, look, here's what happened on your profit and loss. And if you make these changes, here's what would happen next year. And clients really seemed to like that. And so the practice grew. And, um, and then I still remember this day, I had a couple in my office. We had just gone through their numbers, that similar thing. They said, oh, thanks. That's been so useful. Um, you know, we really appreciate it. And as I got up to leave, I still don't know why. It just hit me that, you know what? Despite everything they've said, it, it's kind of a sham because all I really gave them was a math lesson. I mean, okay, change that by 3% and magically you're going to make an extra $100,000 next year. Mm-hmm. And um, that just kind of really hit me like a, a punch in the stomach. And I realized, you know, I've got this perspective as an accountant. And at that time, I had, you know, I had always enjoyed marketing and stuff. And I thought, you know, no one's actually connecting the way the business makes money, which is, you know, which customers do you make money at? Which products and services do you make money at? Um, how do you assemble the activities around those to actually create a financial result going forward? And that kind of shifted my, my career, my path, and I started building systems, ended up writing a book, 
uh, called Market My Numbers to sort of, I was going to use, um, to help promote, uh, my way of thinking. And then Michael Gerber got a, a hold of the copy and uh, was generous enough, said, well, this is a pretty good book. I'll write the foreword for you and I'll actually uh, try to get you a publishing deal. And that book now became Found Money because the publisher said, you're not a marketer, you're an accountant. We need to talk about money, not marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So that is the story of, of how I came to be and how the book came to be. Wow, that's incredible that you got uh, Michael Gerber, um, that he found the book and enjoyed it and gave it a foreword. That's really you know, quite an incredible thing to happen. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I still remember the day he phoned me and said, you know, uh, I've had Emith for years now and still 95% of the business owners out there don't get this piece of their business like yes. you talk about it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Steve, it's the same for me. I totally agree with what Michael said. I work with people in their businesses as a consultant, and generally speaking, they don't understand this bit. I myself mentioned earlier, I don't fully understand this as well. So um, that's why I read the book, and it was absolutely fantastic. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I think that it definitely is something that takes um, a little while to master. There's certainly a lot more that I could be doing about it. But um, we're going to be talking about this today. You're going to be giving us some tips on how we can master this area of our business. Business. So let's talk about some of the concepts that you've written about in your book. My first question is getting started on retooling a business can be overwhelming. There are so many moving pieces and so many tasks that are just screaming out for our attention. So what is step number one, the best way for an entrepreneur who is determined to get the business making more money to launch this process? The, the very, very first step is, well, it's, it's kind of part A and part B to it. First of all, they need to really, really get comfortable with the fact and the truth about the reason their business exists. And um, really the only reason any business exists, my business, your business, any business, is to make money. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that from a mercenary run over people, you know, cheat people or anything like that. Obviously, we, we have integrity and ethics and deliver good quality products and services. Mm-hmm. But my point is that, you know... Uh, Let's say you're, um, I don't know, a therapist of some sort. Let's say you're a psychologist mm-hmm. and, you know, your passion clearly is helping people who are having mental struggles and helping them improve their life. Great. That's your passion. But if you're doing that as a business, the only way you're going to be sustainably on an ongoing basis is to make sure your business makes money doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's a real kind of change for a lot of business owners because they get hung up in, oh, I create jobs or I want to, call it my own shots. I want to be in control of my own destiny. No, those are just goals. And number one thing is realize your business exists to make money. And then part B of that is, okay, well, how much money? And your business has to make enough money to serve what I call your dream lifestyle. Right? I mean, we're not talking about if we were publicly traded companies, um, you know, we were, we were downtown in the city and, and big companies like that. Okay, then our company exists to make money for shareholders. When we're our own companies, they exist to make money to serve our lifestyles. And so how much money is enough money? You can't answer that question until you've identified clearly, crystal clearly, your dream lifestyle. And by that, I mean how much money does your business have to give you? Um, what kind of work do you want to do in your business? How does your business fit into your personal life? Right? Do you want to take every second week off or do you want to take two months off of a year? Do you not want to work Fridays? I mean, they, those things sound really simple, but most business owners really haven't honestly defined those for themselves as goals. And until they do that, retooling the business is just like putting a band-aid on a massive cut. Yeah. Right? It, it's just not going to 
do what you want it to do. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. First of all, a business absolutely is all about making money. It's great that it can achieve other things as well, that you can have other side benefits to to having and owning a business. But if you only wanted to do something that you were passionate about or helps people, for example, then you could just have that as a hobby or you could set up a charity. There are other ways to achieve those things, you know. So let's be clear. When you set up a business, it is about making money. If it doesn't make money, your business is going to find itself in trouble and so will you. So I'm glad that you said that, Steve. And um, I also love what you said there about, uh, you know, if you wanted to just take off two months in a year, can you do that? You know, can you literally just go and disappear and your business will still be ticking along nicely without you physically being there? I mean, that's just a huge, huge thing. And it's not something that will happen by accident. It's got to be planned, hasn't it? It does. And, and I mean, the re- <laughs> you know, I can't impress on people enough how important that is defining that dream lifestyle because let's, let's take two businesses that look outwardly identical. You know, same business, same industry, same size, same history. Mm-hmm. Those two businesses should act, behave, and look entirely different if we actually look underneath them and look at the moving parts inside of them because they each have two different owners. And if, if it's done right, owner A is going to have a different outlook on life. They want to take two months off a year. Um, they want to not work Fridays, whatever it is. Business B might have an owner that wants to work hard for three years and sell that business. And so those two businesses need to be different the way they operate, even though outwardly they look the same. And that's where you know business owners fall in that trap saying, well, this is how you run this type of business. No, you run it according to your own dream lifestyle goals. So let's assume that we've done this now, Steve. We've taken those two steps. What's the next step? Next step then is to get truly honest with yourself and actually figure out how your business has been creating the financial results you've been getting. And by that, I mean, you know, yes, we can look at our profit and loss statement. Yes, we can look at a balance sheet, but we really need to dive underneath that and say, okay, let me drill into my, the customers I have. Who's buying what? Um, how often are they buying? What kind of products and services are they buying? Um, what's the gross margin and the gross profit uh, on the products I'm selling them? And what's the gross profit on the average customer? And really, these are like, it's like going subatomic. You're drilling into the granular parts of the business to really say, okay, that's how I'm getting the financial results I've been getting now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's really, really illuminating to do that because suddenly, you know, who cares if your if your turnover is is two hundred a thousand a year? Um, what really matters to the business owner is that equates to this many customers buying this many products or services this many times in the year. Mm-hmm. Like that granularity gives you a real good ground level perspective of how you're creating what you've been getting. And generally, are business owners on top of this stuff? <laughs> no, uh, generally, generally not. In fact, I'd say. Well, you know, to Michael Gerber's point, when he first read the book, he's, you know, he figures 95% of business owners aren't on top of this stuff. And the reason is because, you know, mo- most business owners don't have the time or the inclination or the training to drill into their business that way. They are running their car hire business or they're running their electrical contracting company. Whatever they're doing, they're, they're running that business. Um, They'll look at a profit and loss statement and say, oh, okay, yep, you know, turnover was where I thought it should be. I, I made the amount of money I thought I should, or maybe I didn't make what I thought. I hope next month sales are a little bit better, or I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to be next month, and they get on with doing the business again. 
and no one's actually mapped it out for them before to say, no, 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 here's where you go look. Look at these three or four things, and that's what you need to look at. You know, I make the point somewhat to exaggerate, but, you know, done right, a business owner can actually rip up their profit loss statement and never look at it again because when they figure out that granular perspective of their business that I've talked about drilling into it, your profit loss is irrelevant because you already know what your profit loss is going to be without even looking at it anymore. So what limits the growth of a business? Is this something that we can predict? And if it is, how can we take action to prevent it? Mm. Yeah, it's a very good question. One of the, you know, quite simply, a business cannot grow faster than its cash flow ever allows or that its return on investment allows. So I'll step back for a second. There's three things any business has to do to make money for its owner. And and that that's a, a key takeaway from this call is, you know, yes, it has to make net profit meaning your revenue has to be better than all your expenses. But it also needs positive cash flow. And then in addition to positive cash flow, it needs a good return on investment, which is how much the business gives you for how much you invest into it. And if anyone listening here, draw three overlapping circles on a piece of paper, and you'll see in the middle there's one little tiny kind of spot where all three of those circles overlap, that's actually where the business makes money. Mm -hmm. And now that gets to your question – to grow a business, you can't grow faster than your return on investment allows long term because you're going to be feeding that thing cash continually and there's a limit to how much cash you could feed it. So if someone listening to this right now thinks that their business is skidding or even in what you call a death spiral, if they want to make a bold move, the right move to fix things, what is the move to make when there's a death spiral happening? That's my term for when your, your business is busy. Busy, 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 but the cash continues to be tight or gets more and more negative, and so you're kind of death spiraling into the ground. Mm-hmm. The first thing to do is, you know, just stop doing what's causing it right now. And and as simple as that sounds, you know, really you got to figure out what's going on in my business, you know, and wh- what customers are causing me to lose that money, what activities are costing me money and not delivering anything. You know, I had done some work with, uh, for example. Um, a life insurance company and they were spending a whole bunch of time and effort for example um, trying to sell one particular product with one particular provider um, that took a long long time to actually bind coverage mm-hmm. and so the way the life insurance industry works for anyone listening is when they sell you a policy they don't get paid until the insurance actually gets bound or the policy gets written by the insurer and this company was a great marketer, had lots of policies in play, so therefore had lots of infrastructure, lots of people to support it, but not a lot of policies getting bound for coverage that fast. And so actually it was in a death spiral. It was super busy on the outside, and what we had to do is drill into it and actually look at the the providers and try to go to a different provider that had paid a slightly lower commission but had a much shorter period of time to underwrite or to bind coverage. So if you're in a death spiral, that's that's the thing to do is get some perspective on what's causing it. And then and it doesn't have to take long, right? I mean, you can literally do that in an afternoon if you just pull some data and say, okay, what's each customer paying me? How much business are they doing with me? How much am I making on each of those customers? And then, as simple as it sounds, you just stop doing the stuff that's not making you money. If you have a certain customer segment that's losing you money, stop dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the death spiral, you know, you slowly start to pull out of that death spiral. So let's talk about cash flow for a second. Is increasing cash flow really as hard as it seems? 
you know, my experience is it, it's usually not anywhere near as difficult as business owners think, right? The problem is when we have tight cash flow, uh, as business owners, we, you know, it really affects us emotionally, obviously physically, and, and so it feels like this big dark monster in the room. But a lot of cases, it's really, really simple. You know, sometimes it's, you know, just go out and actually, if you have trade receivables and people that, you know, you do the business and then you wait to get paid, do you actually send them statements? Do you actually pick up the phone and say, hey, you said you'd send me a check next week, and then the week after when they don't send you a check, you pick up the phone and say, did it get lost in the mail? You know, it doesn't have to always be threatening. That's an easy way to generate cash flow. Um, or it's it's just getting rid of certain customers, getting rid of certain product lines. It, it's It's really not hard in most cases. Sure, it just needs to be identified. Sometimes it just gets left undealt with. Exactly. Yeah. And and a lot of business owners, and you probably see this, Joey, as well, where they equate turnover and revenue with cash. And so when they're tight on cash, their initial reaction is, oh, my God, I have to go sell something today. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way. If it's going to be a cash sale, do it all day long. But sometimes if you're really tight on cash, the most important thing to do this afternoon is pick up the phone and phone the people that own you, owe you money and say, when can I get a check? Can I drop around this mm-hmm. afternoon and pick a check up? A lot of times what you find when people are slow to pay in a lot of cases, it's not that they don't want to. They're as busy as you are and they're literally not getting around to writing the check. Yeah. Literally not. So if you politely say, hey, can I drop around for a, for a tea this afternoon or a coffee, whatever I'm going to do or Let's just, you know, get together for lunch. Oh, by the way, can I pick up a check? They'll say yes. When a business owner looks at their business and tries to identify actionable financial information, why does this process seem so hard? It's hard because there's kind of this, they've been sold a sort of a false story. Um, mm-hmm. as a, as a business owner, as a small business owner, we've kind of been taught that, you know what, we, we've got an accountant. They'll do our financial statements for us. They'll do up our accounts for us. And that will tell us how our business is doing. And that, frankly, is is a sham because financial statements don't tell us how our business is doing. It tells us how our business has done, meaning last month, last quarter, last year. And so, unfortunately, there hasn't been, in a lot of cases, a good alternative, right? You might have a fina- uh, excellent accountant, excellent CA, excellent bookkeeper. They're not trained to drill into this part of your business. They're just not, right? They're they're trained to primarily be dealing with your compliance and your tax filing and, and your and all those things. And so there's really hasn't been someone out there showing the business owner, look, look here. We're not trained that way in in school. When we start our businesses, you know, if we go get a trade, we're not trained how to look inward. We're trained how to do the trade. And so there's a real void in the market where there's this massive need and historically there's been nothing to fill it, which is why I start, you know, I wrote the book basically was, you know, my mission to sort of help fill that gap for businesses in the world. I think a lot of people get this stuff done by their accountant, but they don't know what it actually means. It doesn't necessarily tell them what they should do to change or improve the situation. So that is why this is so crucial, Steve, and thank you for that you've shared so far. My final question is what makes it hard for business owners to see the pattern in their business that exists in every business? The the hardest thing or the reason is is that historical information we're used to looking at 
is aggregation. So let's just look at turnover, for example. So a business has $100,000 in turnover. Great. Now, next year it has 110000 or last year it had 80000 Is that good or bad? No one really knows because turnover masks all the parts that go into it. Because what turnover is, how many customers do you deal with? How often do they buy? What did they buy? And even more importantly, what turnover could have been if you look at that same thing, how many customers did I have? What could they have bought from me, but they didn't? Let's say you ran your numbers and said, I had 100 customers last year, and they each bought, I'm going to make it really simple, $1,000 from me. So there's where I get my 100,000 turnover. Yeah. Great. That shows up in your profit loss. Good enough. What doesn't show up on your profit loss, suppose you looked at your 100 customers and look at all the products and services you sell, and you say, oh, wow. You know what? If I was on top of my game and I would cross-sell and I would tell them all the other services I could offer them, each of those actually could have bought $1,200 from me. Mm-hmm. This make it really simple. So there's $120,000 I, I could have gotten from those same people that they were in my door already. So that difference between the $120,000 you could have got and the $100,000 you'll actually see in your profit loss, you'll never see that $20,000 on a profit loss statement because you never got it. Yeah. But it's as big a cost as anything, and it's hidden, right? If that literally is found money, identify that. Because as soon as you see that, what's the next thing you do next time a customer walks in? You're going to make sure you tell them about all the stuff you could offer them and that you set your average transaction target to be 1200 Yeah, massive stuff. 20000 extra is just absolutely huge. It's just sitting there. You would never have had it otherwise had you not implemented that strategy. It is. You know, one of the things... And the, this really wasn't my, my mission when I started, when I wrote the book, but it, it since has become it because I've dealt with hundreds of businesses now all over the world. But, you know, it's, I like to say, you know, my mission is sort of improve the world by improving businesses because, you know, you think about what goes on for most business owners. Everyone says, Oh, you know, I say define your dream lifestyle and everyone off the, their initial reactions. Well, I want a million dollars. I want a big house. I want a boat. I want, that's what people say. The reality is, when I actually, and I got exercises I take people through, and um, and I'll tell you how to get this for free after, but, you know, and actually identify your dream lifestyle. But when people actually do that, what they usually find is they might want, in a lot of cases, maybe, you know, a thousand more a month, two thousand more a month. Like, mm-hmm. it's, in a lot of cases, life changing or changing the life of a business owner doesn't mean taking their income and multiplying it by 10. For some, that does. But for a lot of it, it's like, you know what? I just want to be able to pay for a car, pay the house off, not worry about my bills, pay for a kid's education, pay for good schools. And if the business owner makes enough to do those things, can do it in a worry-free way so that they know they're going to make the, the money they want next month, the next quarter, what happens is they go home more relaxed. When the business owner goes home more relaxed, they become better their family. They engage with their kids more. They engage with their spouse more. They become better to be around. They become better in their community. They can, you know, volunteer, work with charities. You know, that kind of helps the community become better. And actually, you know, all these little ripples make a better world simply from making each business incrementally better in the world. 
Absolutely. Steve, I'm, I'm really grateful that you've uh, shared this information with us and you've helped everyone listening to get on the road to solving this issue in their business if they're finding it uh, you know, a problem right now. How can we go deep with you, Steve, if we really want to get this part of our business mastered? How can you help us? There, there's The best way is to go to uh, you know, stevewilkinghoff.com is, is uh, the website I talk about in the book. Um, you can go there. Uh, you can also go to foundmoneycfo.com and both of those will, you can, you can get a, a report on the five business mistakes that are costing you money. Um, you can actually also, I, I have a membership site and, and I know you and I have talked about it and, and you've seen it and it's got a lot of awesome premium content that people pay uh, money to access and get the coaching. Um, we can actually get a free account and access a portion of that content for free forever. It's not a trial. It, it's just, a basic account. And one of the most important things in there is an exercise you'll see on you defining your dream lifestyle. So people should go to either of those sites, foundmoneycfo.com or stevewilkinghoff.com and, uh, and check either of those things out. And, you know, it's really a gift that you give yourself when you define your dream lifestyle and you start to understand this side of your business. And where can we get your book? Uh, the book is, you can get it on Amazon. Um, it, it's it's in it's in bookstores. I haven't seen it. I've been over to to England a few times. I've never seen it in uh, the bookstore over there. So I'll have to talk to my uh, my publisher. And, uh, <laughs> but Amazon is the best way. I mean, they 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 get it to you within days when you when you order it there. Awesome. That's the end of today's show. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please remember to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for the invitation, Joey. It's been uh, it's been fun. Thank you very much. The Online Marketing Show with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. 